Hello, I'm Dr. Gloria Horsley, and I'm her daughter, Dr. Heidi Horsley. Heidi and I want to welcome you to Open to Hope Conversations, the podcast. We believe that the greatest gift you can give yourself after a loss is hope, using this moment to connect with others who have not only survived, but thrived. So let's get started. Welcome to the Open to Hope show. I'm your host, Dr. Gloria Horsley, with my daughter and co-host. Dr. Heidi Horsley. Well, Heidi, we're going to be talking about a topic that's kind of paramount to me right now, having your dad die past three years ago. And we're going to talk about finding your life after loss and how you do find it after you've had a profound loss. And we have got a great guest on today. She's written a really wonderful book, Caregiver's Journey Through Alzheimer's, which is so well-written and has so many great thoughts. So I'm going to be interested to hear about her journey. Okay, Mom. So we're talking today with Alana Rowe. Alana is an educator, a writer, and course designer in the field of transpersonal psychology. And as you said, Mom, she wrote the memoir, Sacred Stories, A Caregiver's Journey Through Alzheimer's which chronicles her 11-year journey supporting her husband through Alzheimer's. Welcome to the show, Alana. Thank you for having me on. It's it's great having you on. And as I said, your uh, journey is so poignant. And one of the things that I thought about in carrying somebody through Alzheimer's, when they do pass away, it's got to be quite an adjustment, I would think. Well, you know, with Alzheimer's, it becomes a little different. You grieve along the way and you're grieving at every stage. And and it's so, um, such a difficult journey as many journeys are that when he finally died, there was, there was an adjustment of, oh, he's no longer suffering. Oh, I will miss him terribly but you've been grieving all along. It's not like, you don't know when it died, when he died in a way, physically he died. But before that, there were so many parts of him that died along the way. Mm. So the adjustment is a different process. It was a different process for me anyway. It um, became a very big adjustment before um before he died and then after he died there was first a relief and then there was an adjustment and um i i think so- there that's the way it is for a lot of people who have been taking care of terminally ill people also mm-hmm. um there is that relief that immediate relief and then it sets in that you've got to do your life now by yourself so so the question is how did I adjust? I was grateful to have some work, something meaningful to me at the moment. It could have been a volunteer thing or whatever, but I had something and I continued that because I knew without that for me, it would be very difficult, even though it was difficult negotiating both. I live in a condo where we are community. So Mm -hmm. I had a lot of access to people who I could just walk out the door and say hello. Also, is I had a dog, mm-hmm. and a dog. Uh, his name is Oliver. He's in, he shows up in the book a lot. Well, he's now a service dog. He was so helpful, having a sense of touching mm-hmm. another, and having somebody to talk to. And you know, hi, you know, a little dog talk. That was really, really helpful. What I'm hearing is that what helped you is 
having structure with your work, having a community, and having a dog um, after your husband died. But you'd sort of prepared for this. I yeah. mean, you knew that you kept working all the way through. So you had mm -hmm. this going. You had a dog before he died. I'll have to say one thing about dogs. Be careful about getting puppies when you're in grief. Right. <laughs> I mean, puppies are a lot of work. And you may want to get an adult dog if you even want a dog. But um, I'll have to say this. Once you get into the single world of dating, if you decide to do that or going out, you've got a dog that you have to be home for. Exactly. And, you know, you can't go to maybe a spontaneous party, maybe not even dating, but just having friends invite you for a weekend. You know, if, if you've just gotten a dog and you've never had a dog before, now you've got to find doggy daycare mm -hmm. and all that because you're going to have this companion that's going to be with you. I'm just wondering for both of you, because you're both widows and you both had this loss, what is unique about losing a spouse? He was the love of my life and we were together 30 years. And mm -hmm. I mean, even today, I, every once in a while, I still cry. He's been physically gone four years, like for a little over four years. The second year was actually harder for me than the first year mm -hmm. for me. It just became, it really started really hitting home. Um, the first year there was like, oh, there was that relief period of he's not suffering anymore and um, your life got simpler. But the second year, I think for a lot of people who lose in a different way, it's mm -hmm. a, the second year for me was like probably the first year for a lot of people where I, I it just wrenches at your heart. He had taken care of me when I was very ill and suddenly mm -hmm. I was taking care of him. And then when he was gone it became that was I think the edge for me was okay how do I live without taking the care of another person too and was yeah, that here yeah. it went both ways but I find myself automatically helping those who may need my help that helps me too me you know, I have to hearken back 40 years ago when my 17-year-old son was killed in an automobile accident with my nephew. Yeah. Uh, they hit a wall, the car blew up, and they burned to death. It was very oh. traumatic. At the time, I was an expert in grief and loss, so I thought. Taught at the University of Rochester, was a clinical nurse specialist to the surgical service, did a lot of grief and loss training with the nurses, and worked on a burn unit. Uh, so, uh, you know... It, I mean, I don't want to say God prepares you, but I certainly was right in the midst of what I had happened. And I, as when my husband had had some health issues, he didn't have Alzheimer's, but he'd had some surgeries. So he almost died two years before. And I'll have to say at that time, I, I think it is some brain chemistry also. I really believe in that, that it's not just thinking because I thought I I will never, ever go to that place again where I went with Scott. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I, I cannot do it again. I will not do it again. I know two things that I learned from that. I will survive. I'm not going to die. And I will be happy again. It's a couple's world. It's a couple's world. Yeah. Well, that's a good point. Alana's <laughs> agreeing with that. Yeah, I totally agree with that. It's you know, Even in this condo. If you're not part of a couple, it's a different place. Mm -hmm. It was hard.
Yeah. yeah. That makes yeah. sense. And I would think y'all, you know, got together as couples with people. And then when you lose your partner, all of a sudden it's like, okay, I would think some people might still, you know, invite you to couples things, but I would think others may, may not, or you might not feel comfortable. It's, it would be so some identity, I would think loss about who am I now? And I, I actually talked to a couple, some of my couple friends and said, Hey, I feel kind of isolated as a single person in this mm -hmm. community where it's a couple's world. And mm -hmm. they said, we will take you in. We, you can come with us anytime. And it became really wonderful because to be taken in and to be um, nurtured. Sometimes we assume that people know what we need right. and that they're psychic. And mm -hmm. some people are great grief support, but you both know some people aren't, or they just don't know. And so I love Alana that you said, hey, you know, you can include me in things. I want to be included. I still want to be, you know, doing things with you. What advice would you both have for somebody right now that is struggling, has lost their spouse and is, you know, trying to figure out how to find hope again? There's a lot of research done on widows and mm -hmm. I was aware of that a lot. And what the trajectory basically to let you know, the first year you're kind of frozen trying to get through the tasks. The second year you say, this is going to be my life. And the mm -hmm. third year you say, okay, this is going to be my life. And, you know, the fourth year is a more settling in. So I don't know. I think you patience with yourself and love and trying to take care of yourself, particularly physically, I think is extremely important. Mm -hmm. Those are really good points um, that I totally agree with. I think another thing is not after, not maybe not the first year when you're still, like you said, kind of in shock is to find remember what has moved you what you love and find ways to connect with people who also love those things for me it was um poetry so i began to find people in sarasota who love poetry and so finding the things that you love and, and just for me i had to kind of force myself to get out there you know and do that by myself for a while you know well, somebody it, told me say yes whether you don't feel like it or not. Mm -hmm. I know. Yeah. I mean, that's a big thing, what you said, but whether you feel like it or not, because I know that it's really hard to feel like it sometimes when you're still kind of grieving. And but, but if you do, then you get there and you have a good time. But it's that step. So I really appreciate what you said. I'm wondering if you got the same support as other widows, because was there mm -hmm. some kind of a thought, well, your husband died of Alzheimer's, so you must be relieved and you must not be grieving. I don't know if that was there or not. I had a lot of support before he died. I spent four years when I came to Sarasota at, in the caregiver's group, mm -hmm. uh, which gave me the support. And I kept trying to get to the grief group and they wouldn't let me in because he hadn't quite died. But I wow. knew I was going through a huge anticipatory grief. When he died, um, I felt like, well, I'm not going to ask for the grief support because I, you know, I didn't. It, I had felt so much anticipatory grief, um, but I went to, you know, spiritual support you know, groups that that did things together. They knew that I was grieving. My friend who lost her husband to Parkinson the next year, two years later, she said, "The first year, I get a pass." Mm -hmm. right. so and she got and that was good and, and I supported her in her past 
you know, the second year was, no, you, you don't get a pass. It was like it became giving yourself and giving other people permission. So you're going to say funny things. Or you're going to do things that you might not have done before or after. Well, tell us uh, where people can get your book and do you have a website? And I actually have a website, but here's my book, <laughs> you know, um, and um, you can get it at Amazon, Sacred Stories, colon, A Caregiver's Journey Through Alzheimer's. And thank you for being on our show today. It's great to meet you. And thank you for being my daughter's advisor at Sophia University. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Yes, I, I thank you so much, Alana. Thank you for uh, bringing hope to so many with your story. And we want to thank everybody for joining us on the show today. And Heidi, and I always want to remind you that if you've lost hope, please lean on ours until you find your own, and God bless. I'm Dr. Heidi Horsley. You have been listening to Open to Hope, the podcast. You can follow Open to Hope on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. To learn more, visit us at opentohope.com and go to Apple Podcasts to subscribe. I'm Dr. Gloria Horsley. Join us again next week for another Open to Hope conversation where we invite you to lean on our hope until you find your own.